I would like to acknowledge that I am on the traditional territory and homeland of the Opaskwea Cree Nation, who have existed here since time immemorial. Opaskwea Cree Nation entered into a treaty relationship with the Crown in 1875 with Treaty No. 5. The land has also been home to other Indigenous people. We uphold the treaties and collaborate with all Indigenous people to share truth, reconciliation and learning. The mission of the UCN Library Services is to serve the northern communities and people with education, training, teaching, learning, research, and general informational needs while being inclusive and respectful of diverse Indigenous and Northern values. Guided by the seven sacred teachings, University College of the North is building better futures for a stronger North. This is Tips, Tricks, and Trivia from the Oscar Laughlin Research Library. Here's your librarian, Heather Smith. Welcome to the February podcast of Tips, Tricks, and Trivia from the Oscar Laughlin Research Library. I'm Heather Smith. I'm the librarian. And the Oscar Laughlin Research Library is an academic library, but it does have a public library aspect to it. So I hope that the information, the tips, tricks, and trivia that I'm about to share will be of an interest to all. Now, one of the first tips I'd like to share this uh, snowy month for doing research. Many people like to find information on Google. When I'm looking up information on Star Trek characters and shows, it's fun. It is a fun resource. However, when one is doing research at a college or university level, this can be an unreliable resource. If you feel like you must start your research on Google, use Google Scholar. It's a bit more reliable. Once you have found an article, check the source, the publisher, the author, and the copyright. If an article is, cur is current on Google Scholar, there may be a fee in charge. It's always wise to check the article on the library webpage. The library webpage offers many databases for usage. An article may be free on the webpage. I had a student who found many articles on JSTOR from the internet and was charged over $70 for those articles. JSTOR on the library webpage is free. All you need to do is sign in with your UCN username and password. JSTOR is a wonderful e-resource for quality articles and information. It can be found on the library webpage, databases A through Z, in the J's. Check her out. Hello, I'm Leah Yelland, the library clerk here in the Oscar Laughlin Research Library, and I do the digital production of this podcast. UCN has recently updated its traditional territory acknowledgement and sent an official document to staff explaining how to write your own acknowledgement. This four-page document is very important, so I decided to include it in its entirety. Here it is. UCN Traditional Territory Acknowledgement. Each of us at UCN supports truth and reconciliation by honoring the truths of the communities that we serve. When acknowledging the traditional territory, staff and faculty are asked to locate themselves and to recognize the specific territory on which they are located. The paragraph below can be used as a template. I would like to acknowledge that I am on the traditional territory and homelands of the brackets, the original inhabitants, chart, page 4 who have existed here since time immemorial, and then see original inhabitants charged again, entered into a treaty relationship with the Crown in brackets year, you gotta find that, with treaty adhesion number, also you find that. This land has also become home to other indigenous peoples. 
So a sample acknowledgement. I would like to acknowledge that I am on the traditional territory and homelands of Tataskwayak Cree Nation, who have existed here since time immemorial. Tataskwayak Cree Nation entered into a treaty relationship with the Crown in 1908 with Treaty 5 adhesion. This land has also become home to other Indigenous peoples. When a traditional territory acknowledgement is given to recognize all the communities served by UCN, the following statement can be used. UCN acknowledges that we are on the traditional territories and homelands of many Indigenous peoples who have existed here since time immemorial. The First Nations in the area that UCN serves entered into treaty relationships with the Crown and the territory has also become home to other Indigenous peoples. We uphold the treaties and collaborate with all Indigenous people to share truth, reconciliation and learning. As leaders in reconciliation at UCN, we decolonize our ways of knowing and search out how to incorporate Indigenous knowledges into our classrooms. We are all learners in reconciliation as we advance the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action. With the Royal Proclamation of 1763 by King George III, the Crown established itself as the only authority to enter into treaty negotiations with First Nations. After Confederation in 1867, the Dominion of Canada looked to the Northwest Territories to expand and followed the precedent for treaty making. Between 1871 and 1921, 11 numbered treaties covering much of Western Canada were signed. Treaties numbered 1 through 5 are in Manitoba. Treaty territories are a result of treaty negotiations between the Crown and First Nations. Treaty number 5 was negotiated and signed in September 1875 at Barrens River, Norway House, and Grand Rapids. Adhesions to Treaty number 5 were added beginning in 1908. As part of the treaty, First Nations received 160 acres for a family of five, $5 payments for each member, schools, and the right to fish and hunt on the land. The Crown modified Treaty 5 without the support or input of many of the First Nations. Some First Nations signatures were acquired without informed consent. Although Treaty 5 was signed in 1875, it has been usurped by a newer provincial law, the Manitoba Natural Resources Transfer Act of 1930, which fosters land resource extraction. As a result of the MNRTA, the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People and Treaty No. 5 are not fully honoured. TRC called Action No. 10 is the first of many calls to action that call upon the Canadian government to respect and honour the treaty relationship. Many other Indigenous people now also live on the traditional territory which UCN serves. Not all Indigenous people living in northern Manitoba are Indigenous to this land, while some who are Indigenous to this land may not meet membership requirements for both First Nations or Métis governments. Many First Nations utilize the Indian Act as qualification for band membership and have non-status communities near the corresponding First Nation. Land scripts assigned to these non-status Indigenous people are not federally recognized, although some non-status people living in these communities identify as Métis, based on the English-French translation of the word to be mixed. Many First Nations utilize the Indian Act as qualification for band membership and have non-status communities near the corresponding First Nation. Land script assigned to these non-status Indigenous peoples are not federally recognized, although some non-status people living in these communities identify as Métis based on the English-French translation of the word to be mixed. 
Each provincial Métis government is distinct from each other. In Manitoba, the Manitoba Métis Federation draws its citizenship from Métis families whose ancestors were allotted land script in the Red River Settlement. Some Indigenous peoples do not satisfy Indian Act qualifications or have ancestors from the Red River Settlement, which results in some Indigenous people not being claimed by an Indigenous community or government. This gap in community belonging, along with the development of the Eastern Métis, who believe that a single First Nation ancestor from the 1600s qualifies them for Métis Nation citizenship, has given space to a new phenomenon known as race shifting or self-indigenization, where a non-Indigenous person claims ancestry without any substantial connection to a self-determining Indigenous community, such as a First Nation band or Métis settlement. While it may seem unjust that First Nations draw band members from the Indian Act and the Manitoba Métis Federation recognizes Métis with script from the Red River Settlement, each concept is the demonstrative application of self-determination. The United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples recognizes self-determination as being key to Indigenous nations' sovereign rights. This does not mean self-indigenizers have the right to claim Indigenous identity based on a single ancestor or a DNA test, but rather that Indigenous communities are the sole definers of who belongs. On page 4 of this document, there is the original habitants corresponding UCN facilities uh, treaties chart. So on one side it says who the original habitants are of what area, and on the other side it says what treaty they had. Then you can use that to figure out the years and other info that you put into your own land acknowledgement. The official unveiling of this document can be watched on UCN Media Space. The link is on the library homepage. You just need your UCN login credentials. Hello, I have some trivia to share from the Oscar Laughlin Research Library webpage. This webpage has information on the Chinese New Year. The Chinese New Year is going to be celebrated on February 1st, 2022 this year. The Chinese New Year is celebrated by billions of people around the world. The date of the Chinese New Year changes every year. It's a 15-day celebration beginning on the first day of the new moon and ends with the full moon. The celebration on the 15th is call, also called the Chinese Lantern Festival. Chinese culture is one of the oldest in the world. While the rest of the world is in the early stages of the third millennium, Chinese culture is in their fifth millennium. In Chinese astrology, every year is represented by an animal. The cycle is 12 years with a different animal per year. The Chinese New Year, or Spring Festival, is the biggest holiday in the Chinese culture. It is celebrated with festivities, fireworks, brightly colored lights, special meals with family and with friends, and gift giving. Like Christmas, in the Western world, most Chinese travel home to be with family for this very special celebration. Now, the library also has information about the Chinese culture, about New Year, about festivities in the catalog. We have 153. Now, we also have more on e-resources. So, um... The library also has more information that you can find out about the Chinese culture from our e-resources. I also would like to mention, and a little tip, that we have some excellent books on Chinese food thanks to our culinary arts program. We have purchased many different uh, books. We have purchased many wonderful culinary books, and they are available in the Oscar Laughlin Research Library. 
Here's UCN's archivist, Megan Buchanan. Tonsi, everybody. This is Megan Buchanan with another month's worth of some Cree language. Here in the Paw, it is February the 11th, and the annual Trappers Festival is just over a week away. They are starting to get stuff ready. They're actually building an ice house palace this year. There are lots of pictures on Facebook of the Trappers people and the fire department getting blocks of ice out of the Saskatchewan River. So today we are going to talk about Trappers and Festival and about trapping and animals and things like that. We have some words to learn and as always I learned Plains Cree so most of my words are going to be in Plains and if you know Swampy Cree then hopefully you'll still recognize the pronunciation. So the first word is actually in Swampy. Trapping is Wanihikewin Wanihikewin You'd say a tapanask for dog sled. A tapanask for dog sled. Atamakan is a salesperson or buyer of furs. Ate is for fur pelt. Atawewikamik is a store trading post. Kitchi Atawewikamik is a department store, but from what I understand, it also used to be referring, used referring to the Hudson's Bay Company posts. And Atamakan is somebody who buys furs. Now we have a lot of stuff about the fur trade and about the relationship between various indigenous groups such as the Cree and the big fur trading companies such as the Hudson's Bay Company, the Northwest Company, and other various aspects of what brought the Europeans to North America for good. And I'm not going to go through all of them because there are, like I said, tons of different books about various aspects of the fur trade and how it's changed and impacted the traditional activities and lives and basically everything of the Swampy Cree and basically all the other indigenous peoples of this part of North America. But we do have a few books and one kit that I'd like to draw your attention to. We have two books that were made by UCN alumni as part of one of their courses having to do with Trapper's Festival. First we have a book called Trapper's Dog Race or Festival du Trappeur Bourse de Chien. It is in English and French. It is written by Lenora Kerr and Annie Anne Gilmain did the French translation. It is in our easy reading picture book type area. And we have another book called I Spy Trappers Festival by a gentleman named 
a person named Harley McLeod. And it is also in easy reading. We also have two copies of a book called Creed Trappers Speak, one in the paw and one in Thompson, and that's in our regular stacks. And we also have this wonderful Cree language kit that includes four books. There's one on trapping or Wenihikewin. There's one on fishing or Kwaskwepichikewan. There is one on hunting, Machiwan, and one on berry picking, which is Mawisowin. And it also has a complete bingo set up so that you can learn various animals, what they look like and what their names are both in Cree and in English. So that is one of our kits that is available at our circulation desk. It is Cree language kit, animals and culture. So it is, like I said, at our circulation desk here in the PAW. And it has lots of interesting books and activities about various types of traditional activities and how to hunt and trap and how to learn all the various animals that are in our area from the deer to the wolf to the polar bear to ravens owls and so on so if you guys didn't want to perhaps go out because it's too cold or something over trappers you can always come and pick up this kit or any of our other many books on fur trade and how the Cree responded to it participated it and so forth and do some reading and play bingo Ikosi see you guys next month this tip is on a historical presentation that I did. Now, this historical presentation um, involves doing research on the library webpage. And I used two main databases on the library webpage to do this research. The main one that's in a big box and the Credo reference one. Now, before I started my research, I looked up a term. I like to start with um, a definition when I do research because I want to know what I'm, I'm working with. And the word I looked up was Holocaust. And Holocaust meaning destruction or slaughter on a massive scale, especially caused by fire or nuclear war. And this is from the Oxford Language Dictionary. Hmm. That's interesting because the only Holocaust that I really know about was the Holocaust that happened during World War II in Germany though I do believe it also happened in other areas that Germany conquered. So I take this definition and I go to the main EBSCO database. That's the big box one on the library webpage. It's a combination, really, of several uh, EBSCO databases. And I enter the word in Holocaust under keyword. I could pick author or title, but I want keyword. I want to see as many as I can. And an important thing to know is this database is not very forgiving if you misspell. So you have to spell correctly or it will tell you that we have nothing and we have quite a lot. If you spell Holocaust correctly, we have over 800,000 entries. 
on the Holocaust. Now, I cannot go through that many, so I'm going to use the left-hand column to focus my research. And so first I click on full text. That get rid of the quotes and the bits and the bobs. And the next thing I click on, which is even more important, is peer-reviewed. Peer-reviewed means that an expert has checked the article and the information for the truth. If it isn't peer-reviewed, then you do not know if anyone's checked it. You, people can write up their opinions and put it on the internet or into an article. But when you're doing research, you really are looking for the truth and you really need peer reviews. So click on that. And we get 195,000. That's still too many for me to go through. So I'm going to change the date. And I'm going to change it to for the last five years, 2015 to 2021. And I have 47,070. Again, way too many for me to go through. So can I continue lose, using I continue using the left-hand column and I limit by source type and I pick academic journals because this was an academic presentation. And I have 39,000. Okay, way still too much. Good to know I have a variety though. So I go down further and I limit by subject and I, there's five mentioned and there's a thing under it that says, says show more. So I click on show more because there's, I want more choices. And I click on history, nonfiction, violence, drama, human rights, and racism. And I get 6,063. Much better, but still too many for me to go through. So I go back to limit by subject and I click on show more and I pick genocide and imperialism. And I get 312. Much better. So I'm going to continue using that left-hand column. And as I said, I wanted to know if Holocaust had happened outside of Germany. I go to limit by geography and I click again on show more and I pick about five or six different countries but not Germany and not France because I know that's where the 1940 Holocaust happened. So I pick Cambodia, Indonesia, Iraq, Guatemala, Australia, Bosnia and two others and I get 18. 18 articles. Woo, that's much better. And also answers my question, yes, the Holocaust did happen in other places and other times. And I choose one article that's a PDF and there are many options. I can read it. I can email it to my instructor. I can save it in a folder and come back to it later. Let's say I use it in a paper and I need to cite it. A citation. You click on cite and you have a choice. MLA, APA, uh, Chicago, and others. So whichever your instructor uses is what you pick, of course. I can also permalink it. Very good. I noticed that some of the other articles, though, have an HTML. Again, this is just a different print type, a different format. The articles do have the same features, email, save to folder, site, and permalink. So you can uh, easily do research on the various countries that Holocaust happened. Well, I have uh, been learning a lot about truth and reconciliation. And I think about the definition, I go, hmm, could 
what happened in residential schools can be considered Holocaust. Could it have happened in other places and times in history? So I try to start to type in Holocaust and the database is trying to help me. One of the things it shows is the American Indian Holocaust, the Trail of Tears. So I'm right. It has happened in history and it has happened to the indigenous people. So that is, a, is something I want to investigate to do research. So I click on that and they have articles and references pop up. So I click on Trail of Tears and 711 articles are the results. They come in types, subjects, media, dates, and links. So you can choose any of those. So I try all types. Oh, pro-con, there's two. Well, that's not enough for a paper, but interesting to know. Okay, I'm going to go back. I'll try subjects. Okay, this is a history project, so I click history. 283 articles, very good. Okay, now media. There's several options, but you know what? I'd like to see the map, how it's laid out, how it happened. So I click on map, and there's 34. I go back and I look at the dates. Okay, I want the most recent. So that's 2021, and there's two. Again, I go back and I look at links. Oh, I don't want to spend hours reading. I'll, I'll pick short. There's 54. Very good. So all this information is available on the left-hand side. You can um, click on them to save, cite. Uh, you can have it read to you if you need to. And it can be translated into other languages, say French. So that is all available on the Credo Reference. So I have answered my question. Of course, now I'd have to write a paper on it, and I would need all these resources. Just um, for my own curiosity, I wanted to see if it had anything on my original hypothesis of um, where else did um, Holocaust happen. So I type in Holocaust Iraq from my previous search, and there are 211 uh, results. So this is uh, how I begin to do research using the library webpage. Thank you. The library is open 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. every Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Friday, and noon to 4 on Saturday. You can contact us by email, library at ucn.ca, or phone 204-627-8561. The last tip for the February podcast is on a graphic novel called Suicide Squad Volume 8 Construction. In this graphic novel, the Suicide Squad is a group of imprisoned supervillains fighting reluctantly sometimes, or for a break in the boredom, creatures more evil than themselves. The first group of stories involves Batman breaking out Deadshot out of prison to help rescue Deadshot's daughter Zoe. Eventually others come to the aid to rescue Zoe. This graphic novel is comprised of other comic tales featuring members from the Suicide Squad, not necessarily Batman. The stories are exciting, destructive, and rather, I would say, paranormal in aspect. So if you would like to check out a destructive, exciting tale, this is the graphic novel for you. So if there's any information, tips and tricks that you would like more information on or information you'd like to share, please contact me at hsmith at ucn.ca.
or phone me at 204-620-5041. This is Heather Smith signing off for February. Have a good day.